And this option here, um, earlier in that episode, he's trying to decide where to get tacos, and he spends 45 minutes trying to figure out where to get tacos at. And uh, um, you can ask my wife, I do that all the time too. So I think it's, you know, it can be really difficult sometimes for us to um, know how to make decisions, and probably can all relate to that in some way. Um, me, I'm coming here, I'm not coming here as someone who knows how to make decisions or is an expert in decision making. Uh, I hate making decisions. I hate having to make that decision. I would say, they, say the best decision is one that can still be changed. Um, and it's, it's hard for me to make decisions. In fact, uh, even preparing this talk, I couldn't really decide what to say even up to a few minutes ago. And so uh, it's really ironic that I would be here to talk um, to, to share with you because it's very difficult for me to do these things. But I know that a lot of you in college, like you're making lots of big decisions right now, right? Some of you are thinking about what are you going to do for your career? What are you going to do after you graduate? Some of you are th- in that regard are thinking, what's, what's my major going to be? Um, and maybe you're thinking about where am I going to live next year? Um, whether that's after you graduate or is in the dorms or off campus, um, you know, some decisions might be easy, like, yeah, I'm going I'm to get that crew loan thing, you know, like, I need that. But um, the other ones, you're, you're thinking about, what am I going to do with spring break? What am I going to do for, over the summer? How do, I, how do I know what to do? And so we ask these questions, well, what should I do? What's God's will for my life? So we contemplate, we analyze, we make our, you know, pro-cons list, we pray, we talk with friends, we read books, we try to order some, you know, something off an infomercial, um, we worry, and we still don't know what to do. Um, and so, as I said, I don't, I'm not an expert in this, but I want to just walk through some things with you, uh, just uh, some things that helped me in the decision-making process, and, uh, and see if this can be helpful for you in thinking through the decisions that you're making. So let me pray for us, and we'll jump in. Lord, we thank you for this, uh, this opportunity to gather together and ask that you would uh, be with us, that your spirit would speak to us and open your word up to us, uh, that we'd have understanding of who you are and of your will, and that you would give us direction tonight. Speak to our hearts. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, so I'm going to look at a passage that was really helpful for me uh, when I was graduating from college. Well, that was a long time ago, but it's something that is still very impactful in my life. Is there something I need to do here? Is it making noise? I don't know. Am I good? Okay. So when I graduated, I was trying to decide, what do I want to do with my life? What am I going to do? And there were some different things on my plate. I was dating a girl. I was thinking about going overseas. And so there were some things that were kind of like, I'm not sure if this is going to work out with this relationship. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to stay in the States. There's a couple different places that I could go. My friends were going, all going to the Middle East somewhere. I had been over to East Asia. And I was like, God, I just want to know what to do. And he went me to this passage in Acts chapter 20. And so this is Paul. He's, he's talking, and he says this. And now behold, I'm going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, Except the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me. But I do not account my, my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. See, when I'm making a decision, 
what I find is like, I want to know. Like, I want to know what's going to happen if I choose this option. If I go to Detroit for spring break, I want to know what's going to happen during that time. I want to make sure it's the best possible decision because I don't want, you know, something to go wrong. And I, I look at this, this here and I see Paul, he says, I don't know what's going to happen. He's confident though, right? I'm going to Jerusalem. I'm bound. I'm going to Jerusalem. And yet he says, I don't know what's going to happen except pain and suffering and tribulation. I mean, I think if, if that was the only thing I knew, I probably wouldn't want to choose that. You know, what I wanted to know, I want to know if things are going to work out well. And here is like the only thing that he does know is difficulty is going to happen. So when I look at this passage, I think there's, at these sections, there's a couple different things that I'll point out quickly and then try to uh, expound on. When Paul makes his decision, he's not letting fear or the unknown or difficulty uh, control his decision. Those are not the factors he's looking at. You know, if we think of a pro-con list, there's always going to be cons. There's always going to be something. There's things that we might not know. He doesn't let that happen. He doesn't let that control. Instead, he's giving up control to the Spirit. He depends on the Spirit. He's not depending on what he understands or what he knows, um, but he's depending on the Spirit. And then he's driven by purpose. He doesn't count his life as dear to himself, but he has a purpose. He has only one thing in mind, and that's to follow God and finish the course, the race that God has set before him. Now, we may think, well, that's, that's good for Paul, right? Because he had, he had the Spirit leading him. He had this purpose that he was very clear to him. So how does this, what does this do for us? Well, we've been doing this series, Knowing God is Life. And so I think I want, before I get into that to explain that, we, know we need to know a little bit about Paul. And I think for him, he was saying knowing God was his life, right? That this was his primary goal and motivation and everything. If we read in Philippians 3, he says it counts everything else as rubbish, as trash, as garbage. Like, it doesn't matter. The only thing that matters to him is to know Christ. So that's his goal, what he was going after. And knowing Christ, knowing God is what drives, drives him in his decisions. And so for us, knowing God is what's going to inform our decisions, what we need to inform our decisions the most. What we know about God allows us um, to make decisions confidently. So in that, one of the first things to know God, we need to know the gospel. Crew is a movement passionate about the gospel, um, getting, giving, and multiplying the gospel. And what we mean by that is that Jesus died on the cross for our sin, right, to forgive us of our sin completely, that we're now completely accepted by Christ. We are fully loved and the gospel is that his love for us is never going to change. He's never going to stop. He's, we're fully accepted. And because of those things, I can trust him, right? My standing before God, my worth, my value, that's never going to change because the gospel is what gives that to me. And through that, through the, through the cross, we can see God loves me. God is good, right? God... God is doing good for me. And so whatever decision I make, if I know God and I trust him, I don't have to worry like Dev and that skit. Like, well, if I give up this, well, you know, then I'm, if I take this, I'm giving up something else. I mean, that, that often is our attitude, right? I'm afraid of missing out on something else. You know, even like a party, 
after crew, you know? People say, hey, do you want to come to this party? And I'm like, if it's too early, I might be like, um, yeah, I might come to that. I, I rarely give a, very, like a, a firm answer to things. Like, I might come to that, but I'm often looking, I was like, what's going to be the next? What, is there another option that might be better, that might be more suitable for what I want? Um, I'm afraid of missing out. Now, if I'm living in light of the gospel, and I know, know that God's going to love me, there's a couple of things with that, that, I'm, that I don't need to fear making a wrong choice that God's going to be disappointed in me, right? Because I'm fully accepted, I don't need to fear that, that he's not going to be disappointed in me, he's going to shun me. Also, don't need to be fearful that he's going to do something bad to me to make my life miserable. Now, Paul says, I'm going there even though I know chains and tribulations await me, right? So that might seem like a bad thing. That might seem like, oh, why would he want to do that? But he knows who God is, and his goal isn't to have this comfortable life or easy life. His goal is to know God more. And so he's able to make those decisions, trusting that God has good for him. So, yeah, we can trust him. Also, we can trust that he's sovereign, right? He's in control, control of our lives. He's controlled these situations, and he can take care of us. He's going to protect us. He's good to us. But another thing we need to know about God and believe about God is that he's for us, and that because he's for us, he wants us to know his will. He's not trying to hide his will for us. He's not trying to make things more difficult for us just because he's up there laughing at us and just trying to see if we'll figure it out. Right? He wants us to know his will. He is for us. And so when you look at this verse in Acts, you can say, Paul, well, he's, he's convinced because he's, he's constrained by the Spirit. He's convinced by the Spirit. But, you know, I don't have that same confidence. What about me? Well, here's the good news. Each one of us, when we accept Christ, we invite Christ into our life, are sealed with his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit will come to us. We may think, man, the people in the Bible, they had it made. You know, Jesus was with them. They had uh, this audible voice. It was very clear to them. Well, Jesus, in John 16, tells his disciples, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And down in verse 13 says, The spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth. The spirit who lives in us, who is God, who is the spirit of truth, who knows everything, is guiding us. We can have confidence that the Holy Spirit lives in us and will guide us. Jesus also said in John 10, My sheep hear my voice. And they know me, right? We know his voice. They follow, we follow him because we know his voice. The problem is, there's other voices, right? There are other voices out there that will tell us other things. There's voices like fear, we talked about. Shame, guilt, temptation. But here's, here's a good thing, right? Those are not the voices of God. If we're listening for God's direction where he's leading us, we can be confident that he does not use those methods to speak to us. He doesn't use shame or guilt or fear because in the cross, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So that's not his method of speaking to us. I'm willing to bet for a lot of us, those are some of the primary things that motivate us towards some of our decisions. 
I feel guilty about something, and so I, I'm going to choose, I choose doing something because I feel, I feel like I, I ought to. I should do this. This is what, um, this is what is the right thing to do. Um, oftentimes, I see this with my family, right? There's things that I, I feel like I want to do or need to do, and then my wife's at home with the kids, and, and she's struggling, and I feel guilty about that, and so I go back and help her, and I do something at home, which may not be a bad thing, right? But often when guilt is leading my decision in that, usually what I find is I'm probably not the most joyful person at home serving my wife. I'm not cheerfully serving her. I'm probably not the most cordial with my kids. I might wind up yelling at them a little bit more. It could be in other ways, like you're involved in crew, and you think, well, if I don't step up into a leadership position, you know, then you know, I'm not living up, my, up to my, what people are expecting of me. We allow, we allow this these guilt or this fear, or maybe it's expectations that people might have on us to guide our decisions. Maybe it's you're with a group of friends and we're not sure what they're going to what they're going to think of us if we um, we don't drink with them or if we talk about Jesus with them. Fear can dominate our heart and, and dominate our thoughts in decision making. Um, and a lot of this comes back, you know, to, yeah, to knowing who God is. Do we trust him? Paul could have let fear of the unknown keep him from going, the fear of the, the pain and the suffering of the person, but he kept on going. He kept on following, following God. He could have been, you know, you know I think, sorry, I think one of the big reasons we want to know when we think about what's going to happen, I want to know, is we want to be in control. I want to, I want to be able to control the outcomes of my decisions. I want to make sure that I have the certain aspects of my life. And what that shows us is we don't trust God. We don't believe that he knows the best for us. We don't know um, that what he has is good. But Paul, in this situation, he's not in control, right? He's given control to the Spirit. He says, I am, I go, um, sorry, what the word he used here? Um, constrained by the Spirit. He goes, constrained by the Spirit. So he allows the Spirit to control him, even if that may mean difficulty for his life. Now, another primary way that God speaks to us and leads us is through his word. The Bible is God's revealed word to us that gives us direction. And this is a great way for us to decide, make decisions. Now, this doesn't mean like, well, I'm wondering if I should go to PCB for spring break. So I'm just going to open up the Bible to one verse. And if it says something about coming to the water, then that must mean I'm going to, I should go to PCB. Right? No, that's, that's not how it works. But the Bible doesn't tell us everything we need to know. But the Bible is sufficient. It's enough for us to make, make the right decisions, to know God, to know God's will. And one verse I want to highlight is in 1 Thessalonians 4, it says, this is the will of God. Wait, this is the will of God, your sanctification. If there's anything that we, if we're really seeking God's will, this is one of the main things we should consider, my sanctification. 
As I'm thinking about how I'm going to spend my spring break or my summer, I, want to, I think about in terms of that. Is this going to help my sanctification? Sanctification mean, meaning making me more like Christ. Is this going to help me become more like Christ? Is this going to help me grow in my relationship with God? Is this going to help me develop my faith? You know, we, we could ask, I think oftentimes we ask different questions like, is this going to be safe? Is it going to be fun? You know, and safety, if you're thinking like Detroit, maybe there might be a question of over spring break. Well, I don't know if will that be safe there. We're going to these places where there's more crime. That doesn't feel safe. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's what we shouldn't do. We shouldn't do it. Safety may not just be a, always a physical safety, but it could be an emotional safety. Will I, will I feel rejected? Will I be comfortable? Will I know people there? Now, those things could be good things for us to consider, but it shouldn't be the primary thing. God's will is your sanctification. What's going to help me grow in holiness? What's going to help me become more like Christ? What's going to help me know God more? Practically, in the book, The Pursuit of Holiness, Jerry Bridges gives a couple tips that I found really helpful. He uses a couple verses, uh, all from the book of 1 Corinthians. So in 1 Corinthians 6, let me turn here real quickly. He says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. All things are permissible, but not all, I will not be under the domain of any. Um, I'm sorry. Um, and so, what does that mean? Permissible. All things, you know, because of the gospel we talked about, we're free, right? We don't need to fear uh, rejection from God. So all things are allowable. But not all things are beneficial. And so, if, for example, if I'm thinking of a TV show to watch, should I watch this show? And maybe you're not thinking so much about some of these things, but it's like, should I watch this TV show? Well, it's allowable, you can, watch, you can watch the show. But is it beneficial? Is it going to help you to become more like Christ? Is it going to help you grow in faith? Is it going to help you to love other people? Maybe you might be thinking about a dating relationship. Should I date this girl? You can even ask the question to this. Well, it's allowable. Um, I'll, I'll give, maybe you're in a relationship. You might be thinking, should, should we kiss each other? Now, this is, you know, a debatable issue. There's probably no one answer to that. But the question you can ask yourself, is it beneficial? Now, some people will say, yeah, it's beneficial. I, there's a lot of things in a developing relationship that develops intimacy that, that's, um, that's good. There's others who will say, no, this is not going to develop purity in my life. It's not going to be able, it's not going to help me grow closer to Christ. So the second part of that, though, if, if you're unsure still, or if you answer it a positive way, you can say, all things are allowable, permissible, but I'll not be taking control of anything. For me, there was a, a TV show uh, that I really liked, and there's a lot of people that said, I don't like this show, I don't think it's really good for me, it doesn't help me grow. For me, I was like, you know, I like the show, it helps me, I laugh, it helps me think about community, but... As I was thinking about it more, I found like I was controlled by it. 
it, it took me under its domain. Like, I couldn't go without seeing the show. And that's where it became a problem for me. This might be a thing like drinking alcohol if you're over 21, right? I can hear, if you're over 21, it's legal by the U.S. government. But should I be doing this? Was it beneficial? A lot, for a lot of people, that answer is quickly no. I know that I'm not going to be able to drink just one. I'll, I'll get drunk. I'll do things I don't want to do. Some people say, you know, I can drink. I like the taste of it. I, it's helpful for me. But then it controls them. Now, second, the third principle that he uses is this. All things are permissible or allowable to me, but I will not cause any, do anything to cause someone else to stumble. And so that's another thing that we need to consider when we're making decisions. How does this affect other people? Now, we don't, that doesn't say we, we have to be concerned what other people think of us, but we do want to edify. We do want to encourage people. So if the decisions we're making, like the TV show or drinking, and there's a friend with us who's going to struggle with that, that's going to be hard for them, and it's going to make them walk away from God, that I need to not do that. I need to be willing to put that aside, put aside my freedom so I can encourage my brother and sister in Christ, so I can help people know God more. And lastly, in 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says, whatever I do, whether I eat or drink, I do all for the glory of God. And that's the final sentence. Am I glorifying God in this? Do I want to glorify God? As we think of our decisions we want to think through that. Now you might be thinking, well, what about the rest? This has really helped me. You know, these are kind of principles that can guide us in decisions. But yeah, like, there's a lot of things that are out there like, what should I do after I graduate? Where should I go? Where should I spend my, my, the next year of my life? Well, one thing I found as I was going through this process and thinking through, and I was reading these verses in Acts, the thing that strikes me at Paul is he's going constrained by the Spirit. He's not basing it upon what's going to happen to him there. It's going to be difficult. But he's going by faith because he trusts God. And Hebrews 11, 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so faith is a big element. Like, is this requiring faith of me? Can I do this in faith? And so what John MacArthur says in decision-making, I found really helpful. He says, walk with God and do whatever you want. Walk with God and do whatever you want. And that might seem really different, you know, like all these things we're talking about. But here's the key. If you think about your decisions, reality is you wind up doing what you want every single time. We may not think that I'm doing, I might not think I'm doing what I want, but I, I am. I'm doing what I want most, what I think is going to be best. Um, sometimes I might say, well, this other person, there's times when people make decisions for us, which is different. There's times I think, well, I didn't really want to do this, but I did it anyway. And those, those times, I made a decision because that's what I wanted more. I, I wanted to avoid a conflict, and so I didn't do this thing because this other person wanted it, and I didn't want conflict. That's what I wanted I want to avoid conflict. I want people to think a certain way of me. And so I do these things, even sometimes when I feel like I don't want it, I do it because there's these things that I want. And so MacArthur says, walk with God and do what you want. And the key to that is 
when we're walking with God, when we're delighting in God, our wants change. Our wants, our desires are going to be what God wants. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 1 talks about, you know, blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the Lord, who delights in the law of the Lord. You know, we're delighting in God's word and we're delighting in him. We're going to do what he wants. Because I love my kids and I, I want, a, you know, I'm building this relationship with them, I do a lot of things I never would have done before, right? I went to Disney on Ice the last weekend, right? Because my kids, my wife wanted to go, right? I watch, you know, because I love my wife, I watch, I don't know, I don't want too embarrassing to tell you what shows I watch with her, right? So I watch these TV shows with her. I watch these movies that, um, that I would never want to watch. But because I love my wife, I do that. When we delight in God, our desires will change. And if we're looking at what decision to make, this is the, this is the key decision, to delight in God. Walk with him. His, his will will be clear to us. We'll know him. And when we know him, we can make those decisions. His spirit, his voice will become clear to us. I find is, you know, I'm, I spend all this time trying to figure out God's will, seeking God's will. When what I'm really called to do is, is to seek God. I'm called to seek God. You know, to seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added up to you. You know, we get caught up in what we do. Am I doing enough? Am I doing the right thing? And what God wants is a relationship with us. He wants us to know him. And so it's not so important, you know, what we do or what we don't do. Right? Where the gospel is that we're saved by grace, by what Christ has done for us. And the good news is we can live in a relationship with God, and that's what he wants primarily is for us to love him and to know him. And that relationship is built as we seek him. We seek him in, those, in his word. We seek seek being in his presence as we enjoy the gospel, as we delight in the gospel and the good news of who he is. And so that's my encouragement to you. As you consider, consider the decisions you're making, don't be so concerned about making the right choice, but seek after God. Consider what are the things that are going to help you to, um, to grow in faith that's going to bring sanctification. And don't let fear be what leads your, your choices. I think, I think there's a lot of different ways this can apply in dating, in evangelism. When you think about your spring break or your summer. Um, in dating, I found, you know, there's two different things, you know. I, can, I might be afraid of rejection, and that might keep me from pursuing a relationship that I feel, God's, that I feel like I want. But if I'm more afraid of rejection than I am of confidence in my relationship with Christ, I might not pursue it. On the other side, I might be afraid of being alone. You know, I might be afraid that, well, if I don't, if I'm not in a relationship, um, then I'll never get married, I'll be lonely. I need this, I need someone. When I was like 28 or something like that, I had a senior tell me, it's like, all these sophomores are worried about dating. They don't need to worry about it. I need to worry about it. I'm a senior, and I'm like, I'm 27 years old, and I'm single. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, You know, 
there's these fears that happen to us, and we think, oh, I need to have this now. But God's in control. If we believe that he's in control. You know, I think when I went over, went over on stint, I think it was like, I, I want to make sure that everything's going to go smoothly. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure, if I'm going to go there, I want to have like a place where I can have the best ministry. And so I was thinking about all these things, making that pro-cons list. Well, if I go here, I might know some people. If I go here, that's going to stretch my faith. It might be uncomfortable. If I go here, uh, the food's better. I don't know. There's, there's all these different things I was thinking. In the end, God was like, you know, you, I just want you to, to walk with me. I want you to have faith and trust that I'm going to take care of you wherever you go. That your identity is not determined by, by what you do. That I love you and you're completely accepted by me. If you're a missionary, you work at McDonald's. So there's probably a lot more I can share about this. There's some things that you can do. Something I found really helpful to live by my purpose, my values. It's even to write out a purpose statement, a mission statement. Say, you know, my purpose is to glorify God, to know God. That's, that's the number one thing. There's all these goals I have, to-do lists I have, but I put on the top of my list, my goal is to know God. My goal is to, to know God and make him known. That's my purpose. That's what God created me for is to worship him and to live with him. My mission, I have a mission to, to make God known among the nations, that he'd be worshipped among the nations. And I keep that as big principles that guide the smaller ones. The good news for us is the gospel frees us. That we do not need to fear rejection from God. We do not need to fear making mistakes because God will take care of us. And he has given us his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And we can trust him. Let me pray for us. God, we thank you that you have given us your spirit. That we're not left alone. That you do speak to us and guide us in truth. And that you have accepted us fully. I pray for each of these students as they consider decisions, whether it's the daily decision, small decisions, or the big decisions of their life, that they would seek you. They do not seek perfection. They do not seek to do everything perfectly, but they seek to know you and enjoy you. I pray that, there, that in this room, if there's anyone that has made that decision to follow you and give their life to you, that they would make that decision to trust in the gospel for the first time. And for those who have understand the gospel, have given their life to you, that they would daily trust in the gospel and remind themselves of the gospel and that each person in this room would make the decision to delight in you and to love you and to, and to seek you first. We love you, God. We thank you and praise all the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.